somebody in government who's in the know about security for the State of the Union address. Do you want that information, or would that ruin what we're about to hear? Um, should we hear the posturing first? Yeah, I and think then we should truth? hear. Yeah, I absolutely think we should start with the posturing. Um, so perhaps you've heard this already that Nancy Pelosi has come out with. Uh, uh, well, why don't we play uh, the Pelosi one? Uh, Number the first one. First of all, is the State of the Union officially off? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, this is not Pelosi. Oh, sorry. That was Brett Baer, who looks and sounds nothing like Nancy Pelosi. This isn't, but there's hundreds of people working on the logistics and the security of it. Most of those people are either furloughed or, or victims of a shutdown, president's shutdown. But that isn't the point. The point is security. So, Nancy Pelosi is uh, unleashed a two-headed beast of an argument that, number one, it's uh, it's tough to have security for the State of the Union with uh, the Department of Homeland Security furloughed, and uh, uh, there has been a response to that, and we'll get to that. Uh, but then at the same time, uh, well, it's uh, we shouldn't have business as usual during a shutdown. It uh, sends the wrong message. So, is it one or the other, or is it a combination? You always know you're dealing with somebody... Who's jobbing you when they throw out a couple of different reasons why something's kind of happening? a handful of weeks <laughs> yeah. that you're supposed to surmise, kind of add up to, so yeah. we can't do it, yeah. so I can't be there. Um, <laughs> although, you know, it's funny, life does sometimes work that way. All things being equal, I kind of like to go, but it's going to rain, and my wife's mad, and my kid's going to sink is running a little slow. <laughs> I, I got to ream that thing out. But so anyway, it's absolutely fake. It's phony. It's posturing. She wants to deny the president the the vaunted, the noble, the impressive uh, stage that is the State of the Union interest. Your uh, approval ratings often go up after the uh, the so too. He's at he was at forty one percent in the ABC poll the other day. Right. Right. Now, um, uh, we have stated many times on this show, we think the State of the Union address is too much pomp and too much circumstance. Absolutely. It's too kingly. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's become a silly exercise in political speech making, signifying nothing. It's just a lot of time and trouble. Uh, on the other hand, and, you know, sometimes people do the right thing for the wrong reason or the right thing happens for the wrong reason. I just I can't let Nancy get away with lie, lying so egregiously. Really? Yes, really. About her motivations. It just it galls me. Um So, I'm sorry. Does Steny address the so too? Uh or, yeah, the, or is that all wall stuff? Uh no, the first question is about the so too. Okay, yeah. yeah so, Brett Bear talking to Steny Hoyer, who's the second in command um in the uh, the House of Representatives and a beautiful example, really a distillation of what's wrong with seniority as a system in the House. Here's Steny Hoyer. First of all, is the State of the Union officially off? Uh, no, I don't think it's officially off. We, uh, I had not seen the, the uh, speaker's letter, which suggests there's a real security problem uh, unless we've opened up the government. Uh, so, uh, And we haven't gotten a reply from the president, his thoughts, so um, it's, it's not officially off now. So the Homeland Security Secretary uh, tweeted out the Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. Secret Service are fully prepared to support and secure the State of the Union. We thank the service for their mission focus and dedication and for all they do each day and secure our homeland. They suggest there's not an issue here. Well, I, I've heard that uh, and uh, we'll see what the President has to say. Um, but heard that. Obviously, uh, the, the Speaker is absolutely correct. This is a very high security uh, event. 
as you well know, you have all the Supreme Court, you have all the cabinet, you have the vice president and the president, uh, and the speaker of the House, and, you're just making uh, and words the majority leader, and minority leader of the United <laughs> States Senate. So it's a, it's a very high security uh, uh, issue. Uh, but uh, the other thing, from my perspective, Brett, is uh, we ought not to be doing business as usual uh, with a government shutdown that has 800,000 uh, of its uh, people uh, not getting paid, including every one of the Secret Service agents that uh, would be assigned. Now, uh, it's tough to believe that they're on uh, as high a security alert uh, when they're concerned about whether they're going to get a paycheck and be able to pay their mortgage. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, I think the speaker's point was well taken, and our position has been we ought to open up this government. All right. Can we, can we pause it. We could begin with the last thing, which is an incredible insult to the sure. honor of Secret Service right. agents. Right. We could. Uh, we I'll could. let a terrorist come in because I'm thinking about my mortgage. Yeah. What? How much is my payment again? Uh, principal and interest. And let's see. Oh, there's a guy with a gun. I didn't see him. I was thinking about my mortgage. We could start at the beginning where he says, well, I didn't see the speaker's letter about the uh, so. T- it's a second in command in the House. Well, no, I like to- was totally unaware that Nancy was going to try to cancel the State of the Union. But I liked him saying, yeah, I, I heard that. From DHS, that right. everything's fine. We're fine. We're ready. But be that as it may, there are security concerns with it. Well, right. Okay, now you're just stating the opposite of what you say. Okay. Well, now you're just making words come out of your <laughs> mouth that do nothing to address the question you were asked, which is, you know, what politicians do. So that was just, you know, granted, Stenny's as old as the hills and probably ought to be put out to pasture, but that was the second in command, utterly unable or unwilling to back up. The speaker's uh, arguments about the State of the Union address. So it's just more silly political posturing. So I talked to a mole I've got in DHS who is a straight shooter and tell me if this is, you know, if, if Nancy Pelosi's You have a mole true. in DHS? That's funny. I have a ferret in state. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> um, and this person uh, says they... Uh, they got a weasel in the Department of the Interior now that I think about it. I haven't heard from them for a while. What? It's, it's a complete charade. They could pull it off the way they always pull it off. As a matter of fact, they're, they they prepare for these things so far ahead of time. They're preparing now for next year's. Right. They prepared last year for this year's. They could do it today if they were asked to, and everything would be fine. Sure. It's just completely made up. The Did idea. he address the fact that... Uh, he or she... Or it... Gender non-specific. Yeah, way to go binary. Maybe they're in the middle of transitioning on people in DHS. Did they address the whole? I can't. I can't protect the president because I'm thinking about my electric no, I bill. Didn't, I didn't ask that because that's insulting. It, it. Well, yeah, sure it is. Hey, and by the way, you probably shouldn't be uh, in the Secret Service if you'd let the president take a bullet. If you can't afford your Netflix account, right? I'm not sure you're the right person. Hey, and, and it's probably worth n- mentioning. S- cut the shutdown. Stop it. Figure oh, no, it no. out. Oh, yeah. Pay oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. damn Coast Guard. Pay the Coast Guard. Pay the Department of Homeland Security guys. Pay the uh, the screeners at the airports. So they fondle your junk now and again. It happens. This is so not often enough. Stupid. This whole shutdown is stupid. You put 10 Americans in a room, they'd have it solved in 40 minutes. I'm a guy who puts things off, so I uh, speak from experience. But if something has to be dealt with, I mean, it's inevitable it has to be dealt with, deal with it now. Right. Right. Since it's inevitable, just do it today. 
You're going to be in the same argument as you're going to be in a week from now or a month from now. So just do it today. Not the way politics work. No, no it's not no. about governance. It's about politics. Right. Um, I don't remember what we're talking about, Steve Kastenbaum, about. A couple of things. The oh. right to unplug from your job so your boss can't uh, bother you at night. And in a somewhat related story, the criminal investigation into Chinese tech giant Huawei. Yeah, wow. That is something. How did we ever let them get so uh, integrated into our society as we did? Greed and naivete. God say, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This Chinese company, Huawei, has been selling stuff in the United States for years. Tech stuff. And somehow we just caught on to the fact that between the culture of China and and, and it being an evil communist regime... Every company in China is is your your part part of your mode of operation is you serve the government. I mean that's what you do certainly. And and Huawei was doing that also. And now there's a belief that solar panels on homes all around the United States might have a back door for the Chinese to shut down power grids. Great, certainly yeah. all your cell phone stuff, computers, everything like that. All kinds of countries, including the United States, Australia has already done it. Germany's about to do it. Where the new 5G systems come and Huawei's out, we're not going to allow them to be involved. Right. We let them be involved in the past, and it might be too late. Right. But nor other Chinese companies. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that would be a good place to start a conversation with Steve Kastenbaum, senior correspondent, New York Bureau Chief, Westwood One News. Steve, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Uh, there's no, da- no doubt that Huawei is, uh, is closely allied, connected to the Chinese government. They're, uh, they're buddies. Yeah, the founder of, of the company was at one point a very high-ranking official in the communist regime, uh, and they are the largest tech firm in China. They are the world's largest manufacturer of cell phone towers and one of the largest manufacturers of smartphones around the world. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're pretty snug with uh, the government, although they, they would say that uh, the relationship is, is not that tight. Well, I've heard it stated by people who really study this sort of thing that we're, we're so off the mark on this in, in this country and hope we're catching up. Companies in China are an extension of the government. It's not they're snug with the government. It's not they'll allow the government to do things. It's an extension of the government. It is the government. So tell us about the criminal investigation into Huawei, Steve. So uh, the Wall Street Journal is quoting sources uh, within the Justice Department about an investigation, a criminal investigation into Huawei, that they stole intellectual property. And this came uh, following a lawsuit between uh, T-Mobile and Huawei. T-Mobile had alleged that Huawei stole information, uh, intellectual property, about a robot that is used to test mobile phones, cell phones, and uh, it, it apparently took off from there. Uh, but this is you know, a persistent issue and one of the key sticking points for the Trump administration in trade talks with China, uh, their demand that American companies often have to hand over certain technical information 
in order to operate in the country, in order to produce a product in the country and to sell product in the country. Right. So this has been a long-standing sticking point because the allegation is that China then takes that information and uses it to its um, own domestic company's advantages. Well, I think between that, which is undeniably true, and the national security concerns, which are being voiced more and more loudly and clearly in the Pentagon and, and, and here and in other places, I think the, the era of uh, greedily slash naively trading with uh, the Huawei's of the world. And, and what's that other big Chinese tech company? It's flitted out of my mind. Steve, do you recall? Uh, ZTE. Right, ZTE, exactly, yeah, is in uh, P in the same pod. I think that era is long over. So, hey, on a lighter note, but somewhat cell phone related, um, or is it a lighter note? I don't know. Uh, New York City, in which the government believes every single interaction you enter into with another human being should be regulated by the city government, (laughs) uh, they're going to get between me and my boss, huh? Tell us about that. Well, some folks might like this because it's a common complaint. You know, you leave work, but you're never done working uh, thanks to constant text messages and emails and phone calls that require your attention. Uh, now there are some lawmakers in New York here, city council members, who are holding their first hearing on proposed legislation uh, about uh, this bill that's called a right to disconnect. And what it would do would uh, give employees of companies that have 10 or more employees the right, the legal grounds, to not respond to texts, emails, phone calls from work uh, once they've clocked out, once they're off the clock. Now, for a lot of us, you know, we don't have those defined hours. We're what what they call at-will employees. Uh, And and so we could see where this might run into trouble in that regard. But uh, for those who do have well-established hours, uh, it it is uh, bothersome and, and, and a nuisance when you're trying to spend time with your family, or when you have other things that you tend to in your life. And, and to have to stop what you're doing, to have to put aside things with your kids in order to respond to a text or an email, it is, uh, you know, a nuisance to say the least. And there are also studies that say you're spending so much time in front of a screen is bad for your well, health. Well, right. It just, it just popped wow, into my head absolutely. this idea of, you know, <clears throat> often, and I'm not proud of this, when I should be paying more attention to my kids, I'm doing something stupid on my phone when I get the text from work. Work bothering me again and keeping me from spending time with my kids when I was staring at the phone anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, let's right. not pretend that if work stops texting us, we're not going to be staring at yeah, our phone. But yeah. that being Refreshing said. Refreshing honesty, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> So, Stephen, is this in the uh, Steve? Is this in the considering it uh, phase or what? It's before the city council. They're considering it right now. In the hearing, the hearing was to basically try to gain an understanding of what impact this would have. You know, they, they have this, you know, this nice goal, but you know, they they acknowledge that, like, you know, we don't know every possible scenario here. So we're holding these hearings to find out, you know, what impact this might have if it were to be passed and how we might need to change on the language in this proposed legislation. But, you know, a recent study about uh, Americans' work habits uh, showed, revealed that um, uh, on average, Americans spend another eight hours on work after they've left the workplace each week. So, you know, it is a problem. And and in some countries... On the other hand, Steve, I I hate to interrupt, but on the other hand, I could see, if I was going to be a son of a gun as an employer, I'd say, okay, I will not ask you to spend three and a half minutes on a text from me after hours. You don't spend a single minute on Facebook. Good one. Or Twitter or emailing your spouse or, or anything your wife, else. Yeah. None. None. Good one. Both ways. What pretty do you say good. to that? Huh? That's a pretty yeah, good one. Right. So I'd say, and then I'd point you my finger right in her chest. What do you think of that, huh? <laughs> you can see that happening in the workplace. You could, you could also see situations where 
you know, we all come up for uh, internal reviews in a lot of these larger companies at sure. the end of the year, and some of those companies base their bonuses on that end-of-year review. And uh, what happens when you and a colleague are being looked at and you're, and you're both, uh, sure. you know, doing uh, equal work, but the boss says, well, this guy responds to all of my emails and texts. And sure, they just characterize it as a, a positive attitude. <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve Kastenbaum, senior correspondent, New York Bureau Chief Westwood One. Steve, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. My pleasure. Take- that's, Thanks. That's a pretty good one. Okay, so we'll, we'll all agree there's been a change in our relationship with our employers. Mm-hmm. They now can reach us at home. And I but have you, sympathy. But you have to admit, there's way more screwing around at work yeah. than there ever was before. Oh, yeah. Calling your friends, texting your friends, checking sports scores, whatever, than ever existed. I don't before. know. I watched the show Mad Men. There was a lot of screwing around and, oh, and, boy. and <laughs> two yeah. o'clock martini yeah. meetings yeah. in those offices. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, 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 it's a spirit uh, building, Sean. It's, uh, you know, it's a, what do they call it? Uh, what do you call it? Your, uh, your, team building? Uh, team building, yeah. yeah. Yep. A good one. Uh, Teams of two often with the lights out. Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, uh, U.S. ramping up a new missile defense system like nothing we've seen before. We've got another university official ousted because of the Larry Nassar sex abuse scandal and some major changes coming to YouTube. All righty then. Yeah, somebody did something stupid around that Larry Nasser scandal, no doubt. Again. Again, yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And we're starting to get a backlog of things we got to talk about. Japanese robots in the news. <laughs> Are they yet on our shores or what? Cardi B, is she a rapper or singer, whatever she is. This is a rapper, yeah. She went on a rant about the government shutdown. That's a little salty. We've bleeped it, but you should hear it. Is she? Who was the gal who, who unleashed the? I want to know what the blank the government's doing with my money. Same one. And that was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, she wants to be a conservative. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> She's not on this rant. A fiscal conservative. Um, let's get the oh, news no, now. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but we got it. Let's uh, get the news now. It's Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump's heading to the Pentagon to talk about U.S. missile defenses, specifically a plan to study the idea of basing interceptors in space so the U.S. can strike incoming enemy missiles during the first minutes of flight. The new strategy for a more aggressive space-based missile defense system to protect against the existing threats from North Korea and Iran and counter advanced weapons systems being developed by Russia and China. Back on China, I read an article the other day about uh, China trying to own space. They think that's where they're really going to get an, an, an advantage on us. Right. Scary. Right. Scary stuff. Well, and if they're going to aggressively pursue that, we need to aggressively pursue yep. that. You know, the relationship between, you know, arms and countermeasures and peace treaties and keeping the peace and escalations and the rest of it is complicated. And it's it's you go by feel. I've got to admit, in a world with Iran and, and North Korea out right. there, with all due respect to the fact that we haven't traded nukes with with Russia in the, you know, how many years has this been going on now? What is it, 60s, 70s, 70 going on years. 80 years yeah. that, you know, we've been at loggerheads with uh, with the Soviets or the Russians. Right. Um, you don't want to mess with that because so far so good. But at the same time, you, you just you, you have to be ready if one of those rogue states unleashes something. 
Michigan State University's interim president has resigned amid backlash over comments he made about survivors of sexual assault. John Engler said he had stepped down effective January 23rd after he appeared to criticize the victims of the now-imprisoned gymnastics doctor, Larry Nasser. Well, now he, he appeared to criticize them because he criticized yes. them. <laughs> now the university is saying that resignation is effective immediately. Don't wait till January 23rd. You are out now. Get out. Resignation coming after Engler told the Detroit News that some Nasser survivors seem to be enjoying the spotlight. Way to read the room there, dude. Yeah, why would you say that? Even if they are, it's probably because they finally have a voice to call out rapists and child molesters for their horrific sins. So yeah, they're quote-unquote enjoying that spotlight, you moron. What an unbelievably stupid thing to say. Be gone. Be gone. On another matter, freshman representative AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, getting all kinds of media attention since... I noticed that. Since she, <laughs> since she upseated a... Hey, top, can I get another one of these? Thank you. Since she's yeah. a bartender. Since she's yeah. over here. What do you, who do you have to know to get a drink, Octavio? Octavia. <laughs> anyway, since she unseated the top-ranking Democrat in the primary last year, and a big reason, they say, is because of her savvy use of social media, so now... And she's really cute. I'm telling you, that's 70% and of And I use the social media. So now the 29-year-old is going to be teaching her fellow House Democrats about how to use Twitter. She is hosting the first session that's this a, morning. That's a good idea. Yep. That's just a good idea. I'm going to get me a beer. Oh, boy. There's an example. Uh, uh, AOC... Has about 12 million Twitter followers. Wow. It's two and a half times Kamala Harris. It's about triple, well, it's two and a half times Barack Obama. Perhaps you've heard of him. You have some power. She dwarfs CNN, makes Nancy Pelosi look like a little bug. Oh, Chuck Schumer even more. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, in terms of uh, Twitter followers, just in terms of the ability to get attention, She's not as big a deal, obviously, as the Speaker of the House or the Leader of the Senate. But I, I apologize. Uh, I apologize. These are interactions. These are retweets and likes. The number of, you know, well, interactions. But in terms of getting someone's attention right. over a, a particular thing, mm-hmm. there's nothing CNN could do today that would be as big a deal as if she made a strong statement about something. Correct. In terms of getting attention. She's more, more powerful easily than all of CNN. Microsoft's going to be spending $500 million on affordable housing in Seattle. The computer giant headquarters in the area where the booming tech industry has caused a lot of people to be priced out of the housing market. So Microsoft announced it is going to start that $500 million fund to address the problem. They realize that they do have a lot of high-paid of high paid, uh, tech employees, but they've also got service employees, cafeteria workers, uh, shuttle drivers, and they are looking at the concern about them being priced out of the housing market. So, so they're, they're going to erect some Microsoft ghettos. Microsoft ghettos. To house the, uh, the, the lower end of their workers. Yeah. Is that what's happening? YouTube. They set them up with Windows 3 or whatever. (laughs) For free, though. For free. (laughs) YouTube banning videos of dangerous pranks and challengers because of concerns about possible deadly consequences. They were citing examples like the Tide Pod Challenge where people ate the laundry detergent packets. Right. Seriously. Stupid people. And the Fire Challenge where people poured flammable liquid on themselves and set themselves on fire. Do you really need a campaign to stop people from pouring 
lighter fluid on themselves than setting themselves on fire. And what's the latest, Marshall? It's the hip-hot one. you got to get to the hot one. You lead with the hot one. The, 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 what do you call it? The bird box yeah, the bird challenge. challenge. Oh, yeah, the right. bird box challenge. Right. Well, what, what do you do? do? You put on a blindfold right. and do stuff uh, blindfolded. Right. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's from a Netflix movie, right. uh, a horror movie where you, you can't look at the monster, so everybody walks around with right. blindfolds on. And so the, the challenge is blindfold yourself doing the dishes or doing right. everyday tasks, but people, right. uh, as the Internet does, Continually ramp up and they right. get more and more dangerous. And like, then you get people pitching off of overpasses. And yeah. I'm supposed right. to be concerned. Uh, Michael, or? can you play the door opening? Please. Hello. I'm Dr. Charles Darwin. Oh, Perhaps good. you're familiar with my theories. Would you please let me do my job and strengthen the herd by eliminating the super stupid from among you? That's all I have to say. I'm off to the Galapagos Islands. Thank you. <laughs> nice top well, hat. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Charles Darwin there. Mm. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Can you imagine the antelopes just keep running back and grabbing the stupid antelope that doesn't uh, <laughs> uh, that keeps tipping off the lion to where we are? Antelope. Uh, he doesn't know any better. Right. Antelope are now doing the lion challenge in which you stick your head in a lion's mouth. <laughs> that takes care of itself. <laughs> it's self-correcting. Exactly. Let it Darwin do his job. <laughs> Come on, YouTube. Do something for humanity. It, 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 promote those contests and challenges. Do more of them. So a uh, guy just became a national star. All of a sudden, the, the, the Russian bots or whatever are getting him in political trouble the way they do. We'll explain that whole story. How you got to be on the lookout for fake news, man, all the time. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. to choose their statistics, don't they? I heard all day long yesterday's statistics on the shutdown. Have you been affected by the shutdown? Now, the people that are wanting to go with the narrative that it's uh, not that big a deal are pointing out that 90% of voters say they've not been affected in a major way by the shutdown. People who are wanting to make a big deal of the shutdown Mm -hmm. are saying 4 in 10 say they have been affected by the shutdown in at least a minor way. I see. So, choose whichever you want. All right, then. Well, there's a uh, piece in the Washington Post today, co-written by uh, Paul Kane, Philip Rucker, and Josh Dawsey, that I think is a great Armstrong and Getty-esque breakdown of the current battle between Nancy Pelosi and the White House on the State of the Union address and her sort of urging the president to cancel it. Um, it's uh, it's a great analysis of what each side is trying to get done. And Paul Kane, one of the authors of that fine piece, joins us now. Hello, Paul. How are you, sir? Hello, Jack and Joe. How are you guys? Terrific. Hey, really enjoyed the tone of your article. It's uh, it's just it's you know it's play by play analysis of whether the double play went well. It's not cheerleading. It's not boosting one side or the other. So, what's Nancy Pelosi trying to accomplish by hinting, suggesting, urging the president to not do the so too? So, you know, the State of the Union address is all about pomp and circumstance and. You get lots of cheering, and you get, uh, you know, an hour to 75 minutes of sort of unfiltered national TV. Um, 
you know who loves all of that pomp and all of that circumstance and, and the almost sort of reality TV show aspect to it all? This particular president, President Donald J. Trump. I've never and noticed that. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's not quite a rally. You know, he loves rallies more than anything else. But uh, he has actually taken to the uh, State of the Union address. You know, he, he's, he's done two of these. One was an unofficial uh, joint session of Congress. But he kind of, he likes it. He stands up there and there's cheering for members of Congress. And so he has... Uh, she looked at this scene and realized that we've got a shutdown of the government, and it is, in her estimation, absurd to have a State of the Union address while we're going to have a shutdown of the government. It's never happened before, and they realized in the last couple of days, you know, hey, you know who else is shut down who is working without getting paid? It's the Secret Service the people who would be responsible for about half or more of the protection surrounding the Capitol on a, on a State of the Union. All night, right, well, i got to jump in there. I've talked to people inside the DHS who say that's a load of crap. That's just a load of crap that they can't secure the State of the Union address. So, I mean, I understand politically why she wants to do this. All presidents love the State of the Union. They get to stand up and be the king of the world, and everybody cheers, and you get to do a political speech. Your uh, approval ratings often go up afterwards. I can understand you'd want to do that. I hate the State of the Union address. I wish it'd go away forever. But the idea that they're not going to have it for security reasons, I think, is a load of crap. I don't. I'm not suggesting that I believe that that's the reason mm-hmm, behind sure. all of this. But it is going to be the public reason that she states it for. Right. Um. And, uh, you know, look, it's, it's, if it's her, her way of saying, open up the government and you'll have a, the State of the Union. And uh, it's the particular prerogative of the Speaker of the House to issue the invitation and put a sort of formality resolution on the House floor to approve of it. Um, and Pelosi can basically cite whatever reason she wants to invite or invite uh, an invitation to the president at this point. <laughs> Paul Kane and, of the Washington uh, Post is on the line. Sorry, Paul. You guys make the point, though. This is a bit of a gamble. It's uh, Nancy's sticking her neck out on this. Absolutely. You know, this this really heightens her profile in all of this. Um, you know, it, this is really taking this into a Trump versus Pelosi type of showdown. And, uh, you know, she has been unpopular in uh, the last seven or eight years. Uh, of course, the Republicans tried. Uh, one super PAC spent $50 million trying to bash her uh, and scare uh, voters away from Democrats. It didn't work. But the more this turns into a Pelosi versus Trump battle, um, Republicans might be okay with that. They might think, okay, this is good. We want to elevate her and uh, make it mano a mano rather than this sort of you know, nebulous, broad Democratic Congress. If it does happen, the State of the Union address in the traditional form, I think it's going to be unlike any we've ever seen before. I just can't imagine that both sides are not going to start cheering and booing in a way that we've... It's going to look more like Parliament than than we usually see. Uh, that's, that's hard to imagine because it already has felt like that the last five or six of them uh, that I have seen. But, uh, you know, don't don't forget, he he could just simply say... He's going to do a – people keep mentioning the Oval Office. He's got, you know, halls and ballrooms and uh, cabinet agencies all across D.C. There's a big, massive one in the State Department. He could have want, deliver an address there and just invite Republican members of Congress. 
and just have them there and deliver an address. Do you think the uh, networks would cover there. it? Do you think it would get the media coverage? I'm not sure oh, that it should. I'm not sure that that would be a – I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Well, I, I, I know that the cable news outlets would go wire to wire with it and would spend all day long talking about it. Right. I don't know if ABC and NBC would interrupt their uh, broadcasts for it, but all of cable and all of print and digital media would be fascinated with it going nonstop. Well, you hate to preempt uh, Celebrity Big Brother with Anthony Scaramucci and Lindsay Lohan's mom. <laughs> yeah, because that's good stuff. This is the strongest <laughs> cast in years. Uh, <clears throat> Paul Kane of the Washington Post will have a link so you can easily find the piece. As I said at the outset, it's really a good breakdown of the, the power play that's going on and what each side is thinking and doing and the maneuverings. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Paul, a pleasure to talk. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Our pleasure. Can you get the full list of the people on Celebrity Big Brother? We should run down that at some point. It's a, it's a heck of a lineup. It is perhaps uh, one of the vital signs of the American experiment, this cast of Celebrity Big Brother. I think it uh, it's like blood pressure or something like that, and, and when the doctors see it, they will be concerned. So um, I was uh, I read a couple of books, parts of books about uh, Queen Elizabeth for some reason. A couple of weeks ago. Hmm. And um, if she's, she, she's the gal that uh, got the throne right now, right? That queen? No. No, that's no, queen, no. queen. What's her name? The, Margaret? First, the queen first queen, first queen Elizabeth. Oh, this, this one is Liz. Right, yeah, okay. This is Queen Elizabeth that, right. II. The right. first Queen Elizabeth was around Shakespeare's age. Okay. Had a lot of movies made about her. Sure. Uh, beheaded her uh, cousin or whatever. That's rough stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, there were several scenes in there with the pomp and circumstance and everything like that that were so clearly what we model a lot of our stuff after. Mm-hmm. So clearly the State of the Union is modeled after your old-timey king and queen, royal family, government is all powerful, we should bow down and talk about what they're wearing and all that sort of stuff. Right. And it's just sickening to me. Yeah, I find the whole thing sickening. So I like if the, sta- the State of the Union dress goes away, I'd be awesome. Not for these reasons, though. No, this is this is phony. It's complete. The security thing is completely phony. Uh, it's a lie. Um, and it's there's funny. nothing about. There's not even a grain of truth to it, though. Oh no. So for the media to report it and and. I mean, come on. How, How about, about we fact-check exactly. that? Right. You're always fact-checking, fact-checking in real time. But you're going to let Nancy Pelosi say it's for security reasons, and then that report that on the air as if, you know, um, well, I'll just say that out loud and not and not throw in any commentary like I would if Trump said anything. Right. I would fact-check Trump, but I'm not going to fact-check this when there's no truth to it whatsoever. It's just a complete made-up story. One more angle, and this is purely an opinion question. This isn't a matter of fact. It's my opinion, but a number of people have said it. Just it's wrong to have the State of the Union during the government shutdown. Pretend it's business as usual. That's We've weird. had State of the Union addresses during wartime, during world wars, during recessions, during times of tragedy and triumph. The idea that we can't have the president deliver a constitutionally mandated little, I think we're doing okay over here, we could probably use some work over there, because a quarter of the government is sort of shut down with the essential personnel still showing up. Well, that's, that's non- just stupid. That's nonsensical anyway. Well, right. That, that what are we like, cr- uh, curl up into a fetal ball and weep softly? Well, I'm looking at it more from the standpoint of what it is. It'd be like, we're not going to do a, a financial report on me because I'm behind on some loans right now. Right. That seems like a better time to take a look at what we're doing. Right. How about the State of the Union is, we've got such gridlock that part of the government is shut down. Right. 
If the president were to get up and say the state of the union is, I just want to fix some fences and build some extra ones, and we've shut down the government because those people right there oh. won't give any money oh to my fix God, the though. fences. If he said that, then there's going to be boo, boo, and then you're going to have two 80-year-olds rolling around in the aisle. Yes. I'd be awesome. Yes. Oh, my God. That's what I'd be shouting. I learned Fantastic. some more about, about British government and parliament and how that works and how this is a, a, an enormous change. This Brexit thing may break the British system of government. Really? I don't I know about that. You know, in all my years of studying political science, I, it's funny, our closest ally, our, 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 our parents really, is the United States. We're the, we're the black sheep of, of the British family. Um, they have what they affectionately call dictatorship by election. Whoever wins the election, whoever forms the government, the ruling party or the ruling coalition, they get the executive branch. And they so whip parliament into shape. Nobody dares go against the party. Ever. They will physically assault you in the hallways. They will bully you. They will threaten you. They will yank funding. They will do anything. If your party's in power and your prime minister says, we're doing this, you do that. Period. There's no stuff that goes across party lines until Brexit. Which and I almost find, everybody voted against her the other day. Well, right, and and a lot of the uh, kind of the uh, the traditional ways the government forms are crumbling. Interesting, there as here. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.